up, guys? You're listening to another episode of Women and Music, and I'm your host, Alexa Ace. If you're new here, Women and Music is a seasonal podcast that spotlights women in the music industry both on and off stage. This is our third season, 28th episode, and today's guest is the fantastic Zoe Hines. Zoe Hines is an artist and associate publicist at Grandstand Media who became obsessed with music at an early age due to her dad being a DJ. Utilizing what she heard as a kid, along with influences from artists including Mac Miller, The Internet, Sid, Omar Apollo, Frank Ocean, and more, the Brooklyn-based, New Jersey-raised artist began to experiment with her own soundcraft, creating timeless stories for listeners searching for answers in the deepest part of their psyche. In this episode, Zoe and I speak about what it's like to grow up in club culture, what it's like to intern at Paper Magazine, working at Grandstand Media, and Zoe steps into artistry forever. Introducing Zoe Hines. Zoe, thank you so much for being here today on Women in Music. Um, I feel, okay, honestly, I remember your name popping up on my email, like, I want to say like two years ago, probably just from being on Grandstand, but you were like, hey, can you send over some numbers? And I think this was you. Be like, hey, can you send over some numbers for your podcast? And I remember being like, holy shit. Someone <laughs> from Grandstand just asked me for my numbers. And and then here we are. It's you. So thank you for that. Um, thanks for keeping up. Thanks for the press releases. Welcome. Of course. Yeah. I'm honored that you remembered that because two years ago, that was probably that means that was like my first year at Grandstand because I've been at Grandstand for three years now. Damn. So damn. Congrats. Yeah, it's been a while. Okay, let's get right into it. I want to know about your dad. <laughs> what what is he like? Tell us about him. My dad is the sweetest man. Um, he's really goofy, which I grew up with him a lot. Um, because my mom worked like the traditional nine to five mm. um during the day. So I spent and my dad worked at night. So nice. he didn't go to work till like midnight. So I spent a lot of time with my dad doing like he he's a very routine based and organized person so I spent a lot of time like going thrifting with him and my dad's a DJ but he's also a huge record collector like he Ooh. like owns over 35,000 records no and it's just, yeah oh yeah. oh that massive yeah. Ma- OG yeah, massive. Collector. and it's in alphabetical order and it's in like yes. organized in genre so yes. I I spent a lot of time with him and just like my room in our basement that's where he plays all the music and that's where all the records are so for like my whole life like legit the speakers would vibrate my room like almost like at least like three to five times a week so I couldn't get away from music even if I tried like even if like the only way to get away with like from it was if I left the house and still I probably have music on like in my headphones or something it's just so part I, of you yeah it, it was literally just growing up I was just like music was always there my dad would always to this day for riding in a car he'll quiz me he'll be like I'll bet you like $80 you don't know this song or maybe like if it's a, a crazy song he'll bet me like $300 because he knows I don't know like, and do you actually go through with it no, I never, I never know. It. It's always like some like random song, but it's so funny because the songs that I do know, he'll never bet me on. Like, I think we were in the car once and 
it was Minnie Ripperton playing. And I was like, how come you didn't bet me on this? He was like, I would never bet you on this. You know this song. And I was just like, you're, you're annoying. But he is such a great guy. And he really is the reason why I'm so into music. Like, I don't think... If it wasn't for him, I don't know what I'd be doing, honestly, mm. if, if he didn't teach me about music. And he didn't really, when he taught me, it was more of like, he would try to te- like teach me basics of like who the person was and what they meant to like music as a whole. Uh-huh. Yeah. And like when I was younger, I, didn't, I was like, yeah, okay. Because like when you're a kid, you're not thinking about music in that sense. You're just like kind of there. So I wish I could kind of like go back in time and take in more of that information now, mm. but he still does it with me, but it's always, I always learn so much and his music knowledge is to this day to me. Like, I don't know anybody. Wow. wow. Who has, like he can remember so many artists and so many songs. And like, I've never seen someone's music knowledge as deep as his. Wow. Like, it sounds like he's a force of energy, just a, a massive force of energy in the music industry or in music yeah I mean like he he was a DJ um and that was pretty big like growing up with that because I mean I heard you say your dad would go to work at midnight and then know also like reading up like wow I can't I can't imagine like it's so cool to hear you say this because I I relate to you um in the sense that my mom also was very um obsessed with like my music knowledge but more so like on the classical and heavy metal scale. So I don't often hear people say like, you'll be in the car and like your parents will quiz you. I like also just recently spoke with someone who was not in music whatsoever and just recently got into music and now is just completely in it. So it's just so cool to speak to the different types of um, backgrounds that, you know, that women have in the music industry and and your come up and um, having a house full of music is like the best thing ever. <laughs> Yeah, it was so. so it's so weird because I feel like when I I meet people who aren't that into music or like when I some I feel like because of my dad like I'm like I know so many facts like because of my dad I look at like the credits on songs and look who wrote it and stuff like that. And so whenever I pull facts like out of my ass, people are like, "Oh, cool." And I'm like, "How is this not cool to you?" Like, like fact check it. Fact check it. Like fact check it. Like <laughs> I've known this since I was 12. Like, like this person wrote this song and like also wrote this song like and it's like three different genres. Like, how did they wow. even get there? And people are like, cool. Yeah. And I'm like over here, like standing up so passionate about it. So it's like I always also find it really interesting meeting people who like don't have a music background and work in music because it's like to get into a music background. Like I was always I grew up on learning different tastes. So I kind of was set up to kind of figure out what I liked versus other people who might not have that background and like they figure it out on their own. And I always thought that was so fascinating to like be not surrounded by music, but be able to like somehow gravitate towards it and like find what makes it great to them and what, what makes you like relate. Yeah. That's that's the the beauty of music. music. Yes. And the, and the passion behind music too. When you talk to people who don't really come from that music background, but they have the same enthusiasm and same passion as the person, you know, standing right next to them that has maybe like been in the industry for 30 years, you know, like that is just a prime example of how music can be your guide in life. And you don't even realize it. It's just true from the soul passion. Yeah. I mean, I feel like listening Music is just something so special. I mean, because you can literally find anything and 
the song, even if it's not exactly about what you're going through, if it if it relates, if a one word or one lyric relates to you in any way, it could become like something that saves your life or makes your day better, you know? And yes, completely. Or even the atmospheric qualities behind it. Like I love Yeah, just the, the production. Yes, production. Dude, you get it. You get it. I would love to know. I mean, again, just furthering that, I would love to know how do you think club culture impacts the music industry? You know, since your dad was a DJ and um, you kind of grew up in that life. Do you think that club culture does impact the music industry? How or how not? I think it does. I mean, I, it's so interesting because I grew up like I, it, this is going to sound crazy, but when I was like 10 years old, my dad managed a nightclub in China called Minx. What? Yeah. So okay. my family and I Let's hear it. went out there and we would, I would go to the nightclub. There was no age. So I would wow. just go to the nightclub with him. At and 10. so I could, yeah, at 10, I couldn't nope. drink or anything like that, obviously. So the only thing that I could pay attention to was the atmosphere and mm. like what was going on and what was attracting people. And as a 10 year old, that's like kind of crazy to think like, that's such a mature way of thinking of like, I have nothing to do. Let me just look at where I am. And it was so interesting to see. That's great parenting. What, yeah, literally, I would be with my dad so. in the DJ booth, like, and I remember they used to let me do the graphics behind them because they're like, this 10 year old has no business being here and can't do like can't drink. Like I wasn't even going on the dance floor. I feel like people would have freaked out if they saw me like this 10 year old on the dance floor. Oh, wow. Yeah. wow. If there are any photos of you during this time, I would love to see those oh. and, and, and post them. Might need to pull up the yeah, old photo albums. I, I don't think there's any of me in the club, but there's definitely, <laughs> I definitely have pictures of me at the Great Wall because we okay, went to the Great okay, Wall. That counts, yeah, that counts. I can send that. Yeah, I can send that. So, so you would say it does, it does impact it? Yeah, for sure. I think that, I always thought it was interesting in general. Like, have you ever listened to a song and you're like, wow, I wonder what this would sound like in a club? Yes. And then when you hear it in a club, and you see the reaction of people, you're like, wow, like mm -hmm. this, you kind of put the song in a box. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, you're or like, no reaction from people like, or no reaction or it's like, okay, like, I don't actually like this song in this setting. Like, I don't like it listening into my headphones, but mm -hmm. I like it when I'm out with my friends and Good I point. can sing to it. And like, I can jam out to it. And I'm like drunk at this club. And like, I I'm, I'm, I'm like, not holding back anything. And so I, I realized that I think at a young age, I started to really understand like what types of songs made sense in what type of places. And I think that was the beauty of club culture because you can test out so many different things, not just music, but style as well. And I think yes. style is also a big thing in the music industry. And I think a lot of fashion also impacts the club. Totally agree. Uh, especially like agree. going to clubs like and if you've ever been to like clubs in Germany and stuff my brother lives in Berlin so I haven't I spent... yet but London oh you I've gotta been, go London I've been London Italy I mean quite a few just not Germany and Berlin I mean it's probably number one on my list right now yeah definitely go to Berlin especially for the music scene because mm -hmm. it just an underground it's a completely yeah it's a completely different world and I think that when you like for example like techno music when my brother was talking to me about techno music you know I'm thinking like EDM you know what I mean and mm -hmm. he was like no like techno music is 
so different here. Like the sound and the melodies and the bass and the drum, it's different. And so when I actually heard it, I was like, oh my God, like this so is insane. But I also feel like club culture, like music industry impacts club culture, but club culture also impacts the music industry. Boom. Yes. What a, I feel like yes, if yes. you're listening, I grew up as a kid. Um, I grew up in New Jersey. So I grew up on like Jersey club music and that was never a mainstream thing. Like that was always such an underground. Like I lived in New Jersey. If you live in New Jersey or you live in the New York area, like that's what you heard. Like and from like YouTube or like your friend showed you like a dance from it. So then like to see it kind of evolve now from like the parties we used to go to that you have like these flyers, like you would see them like on Facebook and they had like the worst quality. And now to see like Jersey Club become kind of this mainstream thing where Drake is like making a song using that type of beat or that type of style or seeing Yara do it. It's very interesting because I'm like, how did you come to this? Like, how did you like find this club culture, this very specific sub club culture and make it into this mainstream idea? So I feel like they kind of just go hand in hand with each other. Yeah. Wow. What a great point. And I can also relate, like, again, coming from like the London underground scene, um, that's like what I love and really relate to. So I don't know about the Jersey Club scene, but, you know, you saying that Drake is having similar beats, I can, I just completely understand because first off, I kind of, when he came out with this new record, it was a little bit of a shock. And, and I think from my perspective, at least I was like, and I fucking love Drake. Like I love Drake. Not going to lie. He's amazing. It's Um, like a hate love relationship. Yeah. It's like, why are you doing, you're, why are you doing so good nonstop every day, every, (laughs) every single day. But that's also what I think kind of like what you're saying is that club culture impacts the music industry. So it's, it was going to happen at some point. And, you know, who knows what other niches are out there that are that are going to potentially, you know, rise to the top because music just continues to evolve. Yeah, I think that as club culture evolves and more subcultures come to light, then it's like, what else? You know what I mean? Like subcultures are very just an important thing. And sometimes subcultures you don't even know about there's probably so many subcultures that I've never heard of or never understood like music wise too and like we could google some right now and it'd be like yeah like the wiggles like you have no like you have no idea that crazy I have no idea yeah like and there's probably like somebody in the music industry is probably going to pick it up and be like guys we should pay attention to this like because I feel like with the music industry it's like how do you make it marketable Mm. and once you make something marketable and you can make everyone like it. That's it. That's you've hit the trifecta. And if it's also popular in club culture, then you've kind of hit it in every point because now people cannot, they can also listen it, like listen to it in their headphones, yeah. but they can also experience it the when trifecta, they're out. That is it. The trifecta. Club culture, music industry. What's the third? Fa- I mean, I would say fashion. But, fashion. Oh, for sure. Fashion. But marketing, overall marketing. Yeah. So kind of speaking of marketing, um, I saw that you were an intern for Paper Magazine. I would love to know yeah. more about how did being an edit- editorial intern for Paper Magazine enhance your career skills? It was so interesting because in college, I also worked, like I did editorial stuff. I worked for an arts publication called The Beat, which is where I kind of learned like album reviews, how to write features. I also took classes on it and like, how to write features, trend stories, 
and stuff like that. So when I got an internship at paper, it was just really interesting to see what things, what stories and what artists they gravitated to. Mm. Because I feel like with publications, everyone, regardless if you cover everything, everyone kind of just has like, I wouldn't say not a thing, but like everyone kind of has their own style. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Going back to everyone that niche, has like a little yeah, bit that of a different niche. subculture, just a little bit different. Yeah. And I think that paper, a lot of the stuff, like I was listening to a lot of hip hop when I was in college, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So when I interned at paper, I was hearing, I was like, you know, transcribing interviews for like pop stars and like mm, okay. um, more like celebrity figures. So I was just like, wow, like, the different like to understand audience I think that's what I realized like working there was like understanding audience and what the audience wants to read and what they pick what they like pick out to make sure that they are actually reflecting their audience I thought that was always so interesting I feel like when you understand your audience yeah it's it's a whole different world it's a whole different game because I feel like it's easier you you have a grasp of what people want to listen to what people want to like read or or like hear about so and that goes for like any brand even you as an artist like yeah like, knowing your demographic knowing who's listening knowing your audience knowing where to put out what and what channels to put out on yeah I I totally agree I think that I mean I think it was the first time where I kind of was like you know audience is so important mm-hmm. like I never thought of it from that perspective and I was just like kind of blown away with it. And that was like my first time really paying attention to it. And I think also just style wise too, like, I think that was a big thing, like interning at paper. I was like, I got to come and I got to look better. My fits have to be <laughs> I was better. Say how so. Okay. I mean, I will say paper is like known for their swag. They're, they're yeah. known for their style. It's just gorgeous. It's so, um, it's crazy. Cause even like paper is a good example of, I feel like, um, they, you know, kind of like what you're saying, they are like mainstream, but, but they are subcultured enough where it's like, you can be like, oh, but the art, the art of it. Or I bet that you were even like putting out, um, I wasn't looking at exactly what you were doing, but I bet you were putting out like feature stories or, um, you know, things that were, uh, circulating throughout the media that, that, you know, like you're saying that, that really matched that niche, but at the same time could get enough clickbait that it still became, it still got your, demographic not just your target demographic like I think that's something different to talk about too is like a demographic and target demographic are are different and and you know you as an artist too it's like let's say you have a song um that you know let's say it's birthday um or let's say it's like let's say it's uh Christmas let's say it's a Christmas song you know that like that's a different (laughs) demographic even though overall you'll still have your target demographic, but you're reaching a different type. When it of... comes to target demographic, I feel like it gets easier to hit mm-hmm. when you are constantly hitting that mark because your target demographic is your like that's loyal. That's a loyal. That's loyal fans coming back to you every time, even if you make a mistake or even if the article that you read or the artist that is being interviewed is not necessarily what you're into, but like you still have someone coming to check to see what you're doing mm-hmm. when it comes from like a the broader sense of a demographic it's like okay we, we're hitting this target demographic but what else could we hit it becomes more of just like a okay we have this but how can we get more and I feel like there's always especially in the music industry especially in media there's like what can we do that's more like we want yeah. more and more and more. more because you also don't know like 
who might be who might be picking up on like an article that also is like, wait a second, you posted about this niche underground artist. I didn't realize anyone, anyone else knew about them. Exactly. I mean, that happens to me all the time. There's some artists from like, Oh my God, like <laughs> how did yes. they like find this person? Yeah. And then when you relate to it on, on um, an online channel or just, or even a publicized channel, it makes you feel connected to that, that, um, that media. Yeah. And especially if they find like three artists that you listen to, and mm-hmm. or if you've never heard an artist yeah and yeah, then you read on. like I remember when I was in college I had to do this project and I had to pick up a magazine and I picked up a print fader magazine it was little Uzi on the cover I was like obsessed with it God. and All I read a speech yeah I love it I love fader print magazines they're so I love beautiful. ID I, ID print is like my thing fader and print are fader is amazing yeah. have you ever seen ID prints I don't think I've ever seen an ID Ooh, print. Oh my yeah. God, I'm definitely going to send you one. Yeah, can you send me a picture? I, I feel like they're beautiful. No, I'm going to send you one. I'm gonna, literally going to send you one. Oh, like, well, you're going to send from me my like archive. Action- yes, okay, I okay. would love to because I think you're going to love it. Yeah, I think, oh my God. I, I wish I lived in the era of print magazines. They're just so, they're so beautiful. I read like a little peak feature in the Fader article, like in the Fader magazine. And it was just, I was so in love with it that I started listening to Lil Peep and I thought that was beautiful but it had Lil Uzi on the front yeah it had Lil Uzi on the front but I was interested like I wanted to see what else was in there Mm -hmm. they also had like a like a a feature story on Gucci Mane's wife which was really cool too there were like all these like random stories and I was like wow but great point of demographic and niche demographic like that's like something that you would actually be interested in and continuing reading yeah I and I never got a fader print magazine after that. They're so they were so hard to find. But yeah, now I just have that one. Damn, damn. That's the same thing like with with ID magazine. Like they're super hard to find. They're mostly British prints and it's just it feels so good when you have that piece of art that's also like in your hands that relates to music, that relates to culture, that relates to fashion and you're like I identify with this. This is a piece of me. Um let's, you know, let's take it to Barnes and Noble. <laughs> yeah, and I also feel like with print, it's just there's no, it's there. Like yeah. you can't change, you can't change it. it. Nothing no can be edits. changed. It's just always going to be there. And I feel like with an online article, you can just delete it. Like it can, it could vanish or it could, it could get lost so easily. But with a print magazine, it's just always going to be in the same place. And I always thought that was just so beautiful to think about with articles. It is. And especially like, I think that like, um, you know, us being millennials or Gen Z, like we are, super invested in the digital side so but I think also like heavily interested interested in like the print the print side of the life that we didn't experience beforehand um so I think it's kind of interesting that you know you're over here like yeah I picked up fader and um I'm I love print but yet you your day-to-day has been mostly digital yeah yeah always digital always so tell us more about that Tell us more about your move into PR with Grandstand Media. So interesting. I felt like getting my job at Grandstand was literally fate. Um, I, When I graduated college, I was like every college graduate just applying to so many places. And at first, what I wanted to do was I wanted to be a music curator. Like I, that's That's probably was number one for me. I really wanted to have more of that hands-on experience of like opening up people to music Mm -hmm. and like putting people like I guess the correct word 
was like putting people on music, like the reaction in me of like seeing someone like playing a song for someone and they didn't know about it or they didn't know about the artist. And they're like, oh my God, like, thank you so much. I always love that reaction because like music can just like change you and change your perspective and change your day. Yep. And I'd gotten rejected from this job, a uh, music curation job. I, I made it to like the third round. Like it was between me and three people and I didn't get it. And I was so gutted. And then I didn't know what to do because I was kind of preparing to get this job. And um, I was like, all right, I'm just going to start applying to places. And I saw an internship opportunity with Grandstand on Indeed. And I just was like, oh, whatever, like I'll just apply. And then um, I got like an email back, did a quick little interview didn't think much of it, honestly, other than like, I just needed more things on my resume to kind of break into the music industry more. Wow. But you mentioned your, you mentioned your passion for music curating. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was, it was, I just knew I wanted, at, at that point I was like, I I just need to get my foot in the door some, like some yeah, way, yes. like regardless, like yeah. I already, I, I already knew. Yeah. And like, I feel like especially with the music industry, I kind of just wanted to, I feel like the best way to get in and understand every aspect is to honestly do every job. So I'd already seen the editorial side. So I was like, okay, like, I feel like music publicity would give me like perspective on like what it's like to work with an artist more hands-on where like you're actually setting this stuff up for them. So I got the internship and honestly, it was amazing. Like I connected with everyone so quickly like it was like we were fast friends and the internship it lasted for the fall and I was so sad to leave and I was like wow like I I wish I could work here like what a great place <laughs> like just everyone everyone was so nice and like a year later there was a job opening and they they hit me up and I started at Grandstand in October of 2019. And okay, dang. Okay, okay. So you yeah. waited about a year after your internship had ended. Yeah, I was like still applying to jobs. I was like, after interning with them, I realized I was like, okay, so maybe I should look at more publicity stuff because, mm -hmm. you know, now I have that experience. Now I kind of understand a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so I was like interviewing for, you know, publicity jobs and like, like just working at labels and stuff and none of it really worked out. And then, mm -hmm. me you know, too, girl, me too. Same thing. I was in Greece and then I got an email like, Hey, we're hiring. Like, or maybe it was like right before Greece. And I was like, Oh my God, like right before vacation, I had like this great news. So I was just kind of like sailing through my vacation. And then I got like super nervous after. And then they were like, yeah, no, you're good. Like, yes. And it was, it was such a great feeling. I remember texting my group chat and, it was yeah it was a great day pop champagne on that day oh in greece Ugh. oh no 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 i was oh. i was at home i was very much home either or popping champagne celebrating life because of <laughs> yeah. music score absolutely score but also the grease part score <laughs> yeah it was it was just a great like two months like the connection like going to greece and then coming back from greece mm -hmm. and like I don't know. I think travel is really important because it kind of just yes. clears your mind. You kind of just reset. So I was kind of just like reset after just like a long year. And also just being a college graduate out of college and trying to figure it out is, I think that was one of the toughest times in my life. I don't think anyone kind of prepares you for that, for like what you're about to endure. Like, like never. Can I ask how old you are? 
I am 26. Okay, dope. Say, I mean, 27, just turned 27. So I, again, like you saying graduating college, I'm just like, I get it. Everything you're saying, I, I love it and I get it. So you found yourself liking PR then since you had completed the internship and accepted the job. Yeah. Yeah. So what does a day in the life of like an associate publicist look like? Oh man, what a loaded <laughs> question. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, I would say, what's the best way? It's a lot of understanding the music that you're taking in from the artist and how you can translate that to other people. The thing about PR is always about a story. And what you want to do is translate that story to writers and other people and make it relate to them, but also make it relate to so many people. So it's honestly kind of just brainstorming on on trying to like introduce this artist, introduce the story to people and make them like want to know more and or just understand the music on a different level. Mm -hmm. And so once you've kind of got that locked down, it's a lot of scheduling. Um, it's, it's a lot of scheduling interviews. It's a lot of um, pitching, so much pitching. It's a lot of like drafting pitches and like very tedious things okay. like seeing, okay. like understanding, like, okay, I need to like reach out to this person, see how they're feeling about it. Like, it's a lot of just like, it's also building relationships, essentially. Absolutely. Like, That's totally what it as, sounds like. As you're, as you're like talking to people, like say, if you're talking to a writer and you don't know them that well, but as you keep corresponding with them, you, you start to understand who they are in the ways that they like in the music that they listen to. So once you kind of like understand the relationship and what kind of music they like, then it's kind of like, okay, you, your, your understanding of them is so much different because then you know what to send them, you know what to, you know, bring, like, you know what music to bring their way. And then it's, it becomes a little bit easier, but think publicity. So I guess like, I'm just trying to think about the way that things funnel, like in PR. So as an associate publicist, you're saying that, um, you know, you, you're in contact with the artist, you're trying to best tell their story. Um, but are you not the one writing the press release? Um, sometimes. Okay. Okay. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I, I do draft them. Um, and then, cause usually I work with like a senior publicist. So we kind of like draft the, sometimes I draft the PR depending on what the day is like. And then like our senior publicist will kind of just go over it, do any edits like that. But for the most part, the senior publicist kind of handles that. But it also depends on um, what the artist is and, and what your schedule is like, because you mm -hmm. never know. I think with PR, your schedule can be very hectic. Is that mostly due to release dates? Yeah, release date. You just never know what your day is going to look like. Also, release. <laughs> That's like, good. <laughs> yeah, you just never know what your day is going to look like uh, or week until like you really get there, because sometimes you have weeks where you have a lot of releases or a lot of like album release dates like throughout the week or maybe just song releases mm -hmm. so it's a lot of like preparing for that like preparing press releases preparing embargoes preparing follow-ups um dang this is I did not expect this answer so I I, I love it yeah because I'm just like over here kind of like mind boggled with questions Man, and I've speak to PR. I've speak to PR before, so I don't want to sound silly, but I also want to say, like, I guess from like an outside perspective, I often think that PR agents are the people that are mostly, um, or just PR houses are mostly just looking for placements and and relationships. But kind of like what you're saying is that 
it, yes, it is that, but it's also 10 times that, but in a good way that can help you further your relationships and also understand how to, I guess, organize and execute a really heavy work week that includes a lot of different artists. I think it's also just like at the end of the day, working in PR, you want the best for your artists and the best for your team. That is like, you want to make sure that you're doing the best you can for them because in the end, they have created something just so beautiful and you want to make sure that that is being brought out to the world and that people like talk about it in the sense of not just like in this like clickbaity way, but like talk about it in like, how it can change, like how music can change someone's mind or like how Mm -hmm. the story that you're like reading about in a feature or an interview or like an album review, like that, like people reading that and then like, wow, like I hadn't, I, you know, heard this song on Spotify, like in a Spotify playlist. And I just happened to look up this artist on Google and there's this feature. And now I'm like understanding not just this one song, but this whole album on such a different level. And I think that that is like the beauty of publicity is really getting that story to as many people as you can in the most beautiful way and and making sure it translates with people. Because I think with music, regardless of the subject, like it does, like hearing someone's story about why they made an album or a song is so crazy because you could be like, wow, I went through the same exact thing. And like this song just happened to be like, I just happened to like fall upon it. And like, that's, and then you're just like, wow, like I didn't even understand anything on this level or that, that it is. And I think that's the beauty, like the beauty of publicity is. And, and the, the funnel of it, you know, to kind of like what I said earlier, I was like not understanding the funnel of it, but now like even you saying it's really important to, you know, um, celebrate your team. That is so cool to hear you say, because Grandstand is also, from my perspective, and I would say many, many others, is is very well recognized and, and highly accredited um, because I would say the artists that you guys represent. So I can only imagine the team behind the artists are just as involved and passionate about the stories they're telling um, because you kind of are also like, you're like an extra hand to the artists in some ways. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you spend... I mean, every day you spend, maybe not every day, but at least once or three times a week, you're talking with, the, if not the artist, the artist teams, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like you're just you're there. always you're in full response. You're in it. Like, and it's so crazy to me, like if, because I always like thinking about it now and thinking about it as someone like so much younger and like reading interviews and reading feature stories and like, I never knew like what work went into it like Mm, I never understood you know what I mean I never like when I saw an interview I was like oh that's cool Mm -hmm. I never was like oh I wonder you know wonder how this happens or like the scheduling the the copy the the distribution yeah so much so much goes into it and a lot of it sometimes it can be tedious but in the end of the day when it all comes together it's it's honestly the greatest feeling when 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 you've done the work and then it all like when it, not even when a campaign ends but like an album releases or the song finally releases it's just like as an artist it's so interesting because on a release day i i think every artist can like understands like what it feels like for a release to happen like it there's kind of just like this 
weight lifted off your shoulders. Like you're just like, I've kind of had this like song or this album or this EP kind of just like in the vault and I've only been listening to it. Mm -hmm. My friends have only heard it. And like when it finally comes out, I feel that way as some as an associate publicist and as an artist. Like I understand that feeling on every level of like when it finally comes out. Let's get into your music because I I I'm loving what I'm hearing right now. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much. And and that's just like what I want to know about too is like how I'm sure that you know working at Grandstand has affected has positively affected your artistry. Um, even just hearing you say you're like you're so intricately involved. How how cool is that? But I'm sure like and as an artist myself, I'm sure like but I, I've only worked with one PR agent. It's like you being on the other side, on both sides, you kind of have this dual identity where you can be like, where you, where you can really know what you want and how to communicate it and hope for, um, you know, a good press release or a good team in response. Yeah, I think that honestly, working full time as an associate publicist and being an artist, like the stuff that I just learn, not even just learn, I think it's organization. Mm-hmm. I think I wouldn't mm-hmm. have the organization I have now if I didn't have the job. Like, I feel like just watch like how organized everything is, like putting everything like and it. And I'm talking about like simple things like having, you know, like your single art, like your quote and all these things in one place. Like, I would not know all that stuff if I wasn't an associate publicist or having like how important having like a, a photo of yourself, like a nice photo of yourself or like how important it is to have like some type of visual asset or why are these things important to an artist? I think with having like a press photo, I think also it comes back to style. And I think style is really important in how you present yourself. Because I I feel like there are so many artists that I look on their Instagrams and I look at pictures of them and I'm like, they're so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is the goal. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, that is like so fucking cool. And like visuals are so important because yes, music tells a story, but you can only hear music. You don't know what you're seeing. You're only creating the image of what you want to see and what you want to believe. But when you see someone kind of like who has music and you see them like doing it from their perspective, you're like, and it's a perspective that you can relate to in the most authentic way, you're like, wow, this is so cool. And I think visually things are always so appealing because automatically when you listen to music, you have this idea in your head of what something would look like. So then when you see someone's take on it, it's always just so amazing because you're like, wow, like this is exactly what I was thinking about when I was thinking of this song or, or, or no, like they did a completely different Like they have a completely different vision and idea in their heads, but this is also awesome too. And I think that when you kind of have your own style with like press photos or your own style with like visualizers, it opens up like who you are as an artist, what you're into and not just music and production and lyricism. It's like what you're into with videography and, and film and visuals. You know what I mean? You are your imagery. Yeah essentially and I think that is something that people people love to see things mm-hmm. they don't mm-hmm. they they want the 360 view they don't want it 90 they don't want it one they want 360 they want everything and Zoe your photo you sent me I mean I love I love all guests but your photo <laughs> like the, what a great point because your photo stands out thank um, you it's, so it's I got it at a so SoundCloud good. um event 
they were doing no. press like they were yeah literally they no, were doing it photos. looks so it looks like you put <laughs> so much you. detailed thought into that like it looks like your aura is like it looks like 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 truly that's what I thought I was like oh I wonder if she's into like aura shit <laughs> I am and then uh, I mean I don't know if I'm into aura sh- I'm into like horoscopes and stuff is okay, that count okay. as like yeah aura? that counts that counts yes, okay, yes. Yeah, yeah when you dive a little deeper is like you know the the frequencies and like the the colors you exert I don't really know so I don't want to talk shit but um I want to know really bad and um your photo the imagery of your photo um just the the vibrancy and um and the vibe you give off makes me want to go listen to your music so you are spot on and I think that it's just important for the audience to also hear like you say that um you know coming from a PR background coming from an editorial background like imagery kind of going back to that that like trifecta in club culture it almost like goes back to like something similar to that the more that you can feel and understand the music like you said on a 360 degree level especially right now when there is you know a, a bit of saturation in the music industry but anyways the more the more well-rounded you are in in your artistry and your imagery and and who you are it only helps people relate and it shows and, and it shows your skill like you saying you don't like you don't realize how important it is to put the right things in the correct folders well i'm over here like i'm experiencing that right now because every second that things are even slightly disorganized it just adds this like slight bit of stress that takes away in some ways from your artistry at least for me so also adding to that imagery and organization like just nail on the head both of them yeah i feel like when you're able like i think for me i'm i'm just someone who's also just anal in general Mm. but I felt like when I was started in PR I understood what organization was but I wasn't as organized as I could be because at any job you're still trying to figure it out you're trying to figure out um what your role is like what your strengths are what your weaknesses are like you're trying to figure out like how to do the job And once you kind of figure that out and you figure out in the way that you can do it, it like translates to so many parts in your life. So when it got to music, I was like, okay, I'm really organized in this way. So let me, let let me translate that to like, let me sit down and like, kind of just go over things with myself. Like, and because I'm so used to scheduling, like I'm so used to now, like I schedule myself, like for a week, I'll be like, okay today, like I am going to work on music, like after work, I'm going to eat dinner, drink some water, do some vocal lessons, work on music. Mm -hmm. The next day, great. Love to hear that. I might do some DJ set, like I might practice DJing, or like maybe just listen to music. Or, you know, after that, I might go to the gym or honestly, just watch Love Island because Mm -hmm. you need a break. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, you need a break. Yeah, like you just you need like as an artist, and as someone who works in the music industry, I think everything is just so you're working all the time. You're doing things all the time. You never know what's going to happen. And sometimes you just need to give yourself a breather. And I think that's so important. If you're an artist, you can do it through organization. Like, like you said, yeah, it's cool to hear you say, no, that you are anal. And then also like at the very beginning of this, you were like, yeah, well, my dad is actually super on top of everything. He's super organized with things. Like it sounds like that's in your blood and it's only natural that it was going to further you into artistry. Yeah, he definitely, um, he is the reason why I like on a surface level am organized, uh, truly. 
yeah, he's very, he's always been, he's very neat, very organized. You know, like I was saying, like he, he has his records in alphabetical order of 35,000. But isn't it crazy Nuts. how like, I, I almost feel like artists get the stereotype though of like being messy and disorganized, type B, blah, blah, blah. But like type A, um, or at least organization and, you know, like you said, like I'm going to schedule time to drink water. Fuck yes. Yes. Please are all artists drink water. Drink more water. Yeah, drink all like, the water. Like schedule that in so you don't forget. Because mental health is just so important, I think. Also, that's another thing. Like working in the music industry, you're just working all the time. And as an mm -hmm. artist, you're working all the time. And we don't take the time to really understand that you need a break. Like you like there are some days like that I've worked and I'm like, wow, I did not eat all day. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I, I've just been working. I've been sitting here on my laptop. I started at 10. It's literally four o'clock. And I realized I didn't eat lunch. And I maybe had three sips of water. I so I'm like, you know often. what? Like, maybe I need to take a step back. Because if your mental health is not 100%, then like, whatever you're doing is not going to be 100%. If you're not like really taking the time to just like, take care of yourself, like take care of your body, like the basic, like, necessary things for survival and to live then everything becomes more complicated your anxiety is up higher you're 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 just like a little bit more jittery than usual and I and I'm not someone who's saying that like I have it all figured out but I'm starting to realize how important it is to really just be a hundred percent with yourself to be able to do everything else yes thank you for saying that I'm I'm really really big on mental health and um, and on breaks, <laughs> and on watching TV when you need to watch TV and turn your phone off and baths and all the you know I mean I think baths are mental health some people don't and that's cool too, but regardless like baths what you're saying, are great, baths are amazing with Epsom salt. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Little I mean on my Some end bubbles. a little like CBD little THC. Yeah. You, know, you never know. I always wanted to do the THC bath salts. I heard it's lovely. Oh. Okay, I also have a great brand I'm going to send you that has Oh my god, you have epic. so many little things. Oh, yes. I'm like so excited. <laughs> yay, yay, I'm excited, friends. You oh can, god, I mean, yes. I don't know if you're a consumer, but I am like a day in, day out stoner. <laughs> and um, it's just a cool way also to give my voice, now that I'm a musician, give my voice a break because it, you can consume and um, THC, relax in a different way. And yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, end of the day, taking care of yourself. So I heard you say the word survival in there um, when it comes to mental health. And I know that you wrote your first EP during times of isolation in 2020. Yes. How did releasing art become a part of your roadmap for survival? I think for me, I'm someone who, I'm an extra. I guess now I'm more, I'm like an intro, more introverted than I ever was. And I think it's because of the quarantine. But me too. Before quarantine, I was out all the time. If I was stressed, I'm just like, I'm going out with my friends, whether it's to their house, to a bar, to a club. I just wanted to be outside all the time because it felt like a way for me to get away from everything. Like that was kind of my thing. So when quarantine happened, you know, you're just in the house. You know what I mean? And I was with my parents at the time and I didn't have much to do. And mm -hmm. it was kind of just, eating away at me because mm. I was like I'm someone who's so used to just being outside being with my friends being with my family like going to the gym doing all these things and like now that routine of like always being outside I'm not doing it so I was kind of just in this rut in the sense of like one I felt like I was like 
on in Groundhog's Day every day, like just doing the same exact things. I would go on like bike rides a lot, which is I have a song dedicated um, to a bike on Everything's Fine because it honestly saved me so much. But biking did. Oh, I love yes, to hear that. Yeah. Peugeot interlude was um, based on me riding my bike through different neighborhoods and seeing the um, kind of the shift between uh, neighborhoods like racially, Mm. which was like always so interesting to me. So I kind of wrote like I wrote the song based on like seeing that and like having these people look at me and just being like, what are you doing here? (laughs) Like, Mm, why are you riding? Yeah, that's a like riding. Why are you song. riding like this bike through this neighborhood kind of thing? And I, I would ride it through the same neighborhood. Mind you, it's the neighborhood that I like grew up my whole life in. But I guess like quarantine caused me to just like look at things differently. And I had to spend a lot more time with myself. And I had to like really sit there and think about the things that I was just ignoring. And so, man, sitting with pain, I feel like changed so many people. Yeah, I was sitting with pain and just sitting with so many things that I had just done nothing about, you know, and the only thing that I could do, I remember like a week before quarantine, like really hit, I went to Guitar Center and bought like an interface, a mic and speakers. Yes. And then yes. quarantine happened. And I was like, thank God I did that. <laughs> like, Because I was like, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have an outlet like that. Yeah. So like, what would you have done before the pandemic? Like I'm over here wondering, like, do you think that no matter if this were to happen, like the pandemic were to happen when you were, you know, 13 versus 25, do you think that you would have gone to artistry? Yeah. I mean, I was working, no one knows this, but I was working on a music project (laughs) called, um, like before, but I scrapped it. It was called the face tat in a mill. Mm. but you've always (laughs) visualized this for yourself then yeah 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 it was like this whole visual thing of like me I I was like creating a concept of was like if you gave me a lot of money this is what I would be like that person with like a face tattoo like I just wanted to like whole like persona kind of thing of like of just being like all right if I got you know the fame the success the money and all this stuff like I'm going to be, I'm going to be the person you think I would be like, that was like my whole concept of like this project that I was going to do. Oh my God. You are so fucking awesome. I love (laughs) this. I love this. I was just like, I never got a chance. And then like quarantine happened and I had all these songs and then I just was completely different. Like my mindset was not that it was like, it was, I was like, wow, like I can't even, I sometimes listen to it. Like some of the songs, they're not really done. They're not really mixed well, but sometimes I'm like, man, like maybe, maybe in the future I would put this out because they were just like, they were such happy songs. They were such hype songs. And it's so different from all the music that I put out now because everything I put out now is like on the sadder side, more melancholy. So it's very interesting to go back to it. But I think with everything's fine, it was really me coming to terms with a lot of things that I just kind of pushed away and like didn't want to deal with. Wow. 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 Yes. I I love that answer because I think that so many people can relate, including myself on the deepest level. I mean, I think I was out here like 16 years old conceptualizing a potential if if someone were to give me all the money in the world, here's what I would do with it. Here's the type of art I'd create. Here's the person I would be. And then, yeah, the pandemic hits. And then you're like, well, 
guess I got to do this anyways. Anything. Yeah. And you can't do you anything. Cannot. You can't go anywhere. Well, but also you can't deny it. So it's like you can't yeah. go anywhere, but you but you can't deny this person, this outlet, this this art in you that you that that's bound to be created. Um Yeah. So, yes, I mean this this could lead me into so many more questions, but I would love to know more about your newest single, Birthday. Ooh, man. Birthday is so funny to me because again, I was saying that I feel like all the music I've put out is pretty sad and just, it's just like, I would call it like in my bag music because I feel like that's the type of music I make. But birthday Mm -hmm. was different. Yeah, birthday was different because it was the first time where I was like, you know what, fuck it. Like this song is like kind of sad, but like I'm going to make it so it's like, you can play this and be happy. And I, my favorite songs were always the songs growing up that you could play on your birthday. I loved those songs. I'm a Zoe, Leo. Oh my God. I, like, I'm going <laughs> to send you like 10 episodes. I don't like, we relate on such a deep level. I can, I just like same, like my favorite songs are the birthday songs. Like even Lord has a song called still sane and it starts with today's my birthday, but I'm riding high and it's a really depressing song, but it's celebratory at the same time. It's amazing. Like your birthday is my birthday is like, I love my birthday. A lot of people don't like their birthday, but I'm someone who's like, no, I love my birthday. I'll always take time for my birthday. Cause it's the one day that it's yours. And <laughs> yeah. maybe it's cause I'm a Leo. I'm sorry for anyone listening. This is a very Leo energy thing to say, but birthday is definitely the best day. It's my favorite holiday, quote unquote. Um, yes. But... <laughs> yes. We need more people like you. Yes. <laughs> But I just wrote this song. I don't know. I just wrote it. I was like, I have this, you know, everyone has an ex that they always think about. I'm going to be honest. And I was like, there's there's always that ex that you just think about. And I was like, you know what? Like, I remember like when I was 23, which is like one of the lyrics, like in, in the first lyric of the song, and I was 23. And I was like, it was my birthday and I was just like, man, I wish this person was here. Like everything is going so right right now. This is such a great birthday. All my friends are here. People are texting me saying happy birthday, like telling me they love me and all this stuff, but it's not you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You okay. know, and it's not, it's not the person I want to hear from. And I was like, that idea for me, I was just like, I really want to explore that because why do I feel this way? Like, why am I letting one person who I don't even talk to anymore, like make affect me feel you. like, yeah, like affect me. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to like really write about this and like really go deeper into this concept. And then the concept like went from then in the second verse, like the perspective of the other person, my, like me thinking that they're thinking that same thing too, because the only thing you can do is dream when you're not talking to someone you're dreaming and thinking about what they're thinking of you. And usually that ends up in a delusional way, because of course you want the happy ending. You want them to think of you too. So I just was like, you know what, I'm going to write this song about two people who are hopefully thinking about each other on their birthdays. And that's what I did. And it's one of my favorite songs that I wrote. And it's it's a song that I think everyone can relate to in that sense. Because I wanted a song that everyone listens to. And they're like, yeah, like, I wish I saw so-and-so mm-hmm. on my birthday, too. Like The that's fact that I... you just said, I mean, you just you you just called everyone out. There's still yeah, an ex, there's an ex out there you always think about. Ooh, 
I'm, I, I mean, the, the only Mic way drop. I could describe this song is to be honest. Like everyone, even if like they're the hardest person, you can't deny that there's not like an ex that you don't think about and you wish that you could see like a little. And, and have a hopeful you, conversation. Yeah, have a hopeful conversation or a hopeful like not, experience. Yes, not BS, just like support. Like, yes, yes, yes. It's so cool because it sounds like a lot of your artistry is like purely authentic it's like I you're like I have to like this is so real what do I make it sound like what do I make it feel like how do I get this out of me but also how do I get it out of me in a way that is still me do you relate yeah. to that I think that storytelling I always loved writing as a kid storytelling was always so important and the thing about storytelling and I learned this in creative writing when I was in like freshman year was like you have to write in a way that people can just understand. Like, like people, what does that mean? Like when you're writing something, you want people to understand where you're coming from. And it's the same. It, it goes back to PR in the sense of like that taught me that like when you're, you know, pitching music out, you want people to understand why they should like this music, mm -hmm. even if they haven't even turned on the song. It's the story. It's always about the story because if you can write a story whether it's for a book or whether it's for a song or lyrics or something if someone relates to that story then they're locked in because that means that they can they they can visualize anything they want they can think anything they want they can they can like create their story of your story in their heads and they can do all these things with it and I think that's just so important and I think with music I think our favorite songs are the songs like that's why Frank Ocean is mm -hmm. such an amazing songwriter because mm -hmm. of his way of storytelling storytelling and being visual and like you can imagine like i can envision ivy oh yeah you feel like, his can, atmosphere like, in any of your atmospheres yeah <laughs> like you can just envision so many songs by him and i feel like storytelling if you're able to just grab somebody and make them relate to an experience that you're just going through mm -hmm. if you're authentic then that's it. That's all you need because like everyone has an authentic story and yeah. it's whether or not you're brave enough to share it. Exactly. I think, I mean like the best, like I, I always think about Brent Fias. I think that he's also an incredible songwriter too, because he's able to say a lot of stuff that you're thinking, but you would never write down or say to somebody. Mm. And I think that's important as a songwriter and as a writer, you want to grab people and say the things that maybe someone you know, might not like say like, you know, out loud, but they're like, wow, like I feel that. Like I've, I've been in that position and I've felt this way about this. Yep. And then when you're walking down the street, you know, just you and your headphones and it's you, your headphones and the artist lyrics that you completely relate to, but you, you don't need to know them for that to completely change your life. Exactly. And I, I don't know, storytelling has always been as much as I am someone big, I'm, I'm, and it's so funny because I'm so big on production. I think I just started getting into how important lyrics were. Like usually when I listen to a song, I listen really, to like, like uncan melody. Un uncanny amounts. Like same. <laughs> I've, I've never been into lyrics until recently. Are you a melody person? Like, do you like when you're like thinking about the first four chords, like that's, that's how I know if I like a song. Like, yeah, probably melody more than anything. But like for me, it's production. I mean, I'm so into production, just like you're saying, because if I can hear that, if I, yeah, you know what? Yeah, fuck it. It's melody. It's definitely melody. Why? How can it's I say it's not? Because it's the feeling. You feel it in your heart. 
you feel like you when you feel the melody or the drum like you mm. can feel that in your heart you can feel that like go through your body and like that feeling I'm like wow but sometimes I don't always have that feeling but I'm mm-hmm. like okay secondary thing what am I gonna check out and then I'll check out the lyrics because I'm like okay maybe like the melody isn't what is like grabbing me but maybe like the lyrics will and sometimes it really is the lyrics and then the melody I, I start to like it because I'm just like wow like now I understand this melody to the to the lyrics and like then I start thinking about like ad libs and harmonies and, oh, yeah. and all that stuff. That... Oh, yeah. Would you say that you thought about that before you became an artist though? I think I always was someone who was like melody, melody wise. Like I always, I was, I was always someone who was into, I, I'm someone who loves guitar songs. Like I was always into the melody and the solos of a guitar like not the rhythm guitar, like the actual like main melody of something. They had the lead guitar. Um, and I was always just like, wow, like this is something different. Because also as a kid too, there were definitely a lot of songs that I didn't really understand, but I understood the like the sadness of it or the nostalgia of it or the, yeah, the anger of it. Or the hooks maybe. that, that Yeah, the you know. hooks like the direction that the song was going just by the melody and and the drums and the bass and maybe the synths or the piano or like, I don't know, yellow card with their violin. Like I felt that. Yellow card (laughs) with their violin. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So you're, you're just, this is such a passionate and beautiful conversation because I can just feel it from you. Like I can, you're made to be in music. You're made to be in art. You're made to write this music. Um, It just sounds like it's so necessary for you, like you said, to survive. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I don't know, again, like I said this in the beginning, I don't know where I'd be without music. Like I always think, I always ask myself and I always say I'd probably be a history teacher because I liked history Um, because I just like learning in general and I think with music you're just constantly learning about something like there's always something to learn because there's so many new artists like there's so many songwriters that I probably don't know about there's probably so many other musicians and genres that I don't even like mm-hmm. pay attention subcultures, to you yeah, know, subcultures. yes subcultures yes that's also why the music industry can be wildly exhausting because it's like when you are that passionate you never turn it off Never. I can never turn it off. I can never. Oh, my God. I'm the worst at a party because I'm like, <laughs> I need the ox right now, guys. This me too. Me too. Me too. It pisses oh, me sh- off when I'm like, no, this music is awful. Please, please let me help out. Because you know what it is? Like, people don't understand that when you're playing music for a group of people, it's not about the songs you're playing. It's about creating about the, vibe. the vibe and maintaining a vibe, whether it's high tempo, low tempo, mid tempo, like you have to like bring people up, but then you have to bring them down. You know what I mean? Like you have to like, like curation is very interesting because it's a wave. Not every wave is a high tide wave because that's exhausting. Imagine surfing a high tide wave for like every day, like for hours on end, like there has to be different levels because your energy just can't maintain the same level at all times so like when you're creating some type of vibe or some type of like experience you want to make sure that you're hitting every single emotion that like every single emotion someone's feeling like yeah I'm really hype 
but you just played a really sad song and now I'm in my feels. And then you got to bring them back up. You got to make them feel all these different feelings. So when they think about it in their head, they're like, wow, like that was a great day. I just experienced like, or that was a great time. I just experienced like all of these things and it's through music and music is such a love language too. Like you can really just like show people so much music and like understand them on that level, which I wish sometimes I just wish I could talk music with people just like talking song. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Imagine we just, we're just like, we just, just sent songs this tunes. whole interview. I just sent you songs and you're like, oh, I get you completely. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. God. You kind of are like the vibe curator, but like you can actually true, like you're like a OG vibe curator. Like you're like, you're someone who let me, sh- let me introduce you to a new way of thinking, or let's, let's go through all of these waves together because music is not just, um, linear. I, I don't know if this makes sense, but, but yeah, I just, I, now I'm kind of seeing, like, I'm just relating to you on a different wavelength that is very conceptual based, that is imagery based, that is vibe based, that is overall feel good, not just be an abstract artist because you need to release type of person, but very all encompassing, very 360. So yeah, you sold me over here. I mean, like, I think concept is also so important because there's definitely been out, like everyone's probably listened to an album and you're like, wait, I don't know what I just listened to. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I, I just listened like when Brent Fias dropped uh, Wasteland, I'm obsessed with it. Because I'm like, that is a clear concept. Like he sat there and thought of like a clear concept in a clear way where he wanted people to look at him. Okay, I don't know that. So I, I need Even to Even if it's not true. Even if it's not true, Even great if, like, point also. The, the storytelling that he like showed to people wasn't true, but he created something that is just like a story. And I was just like so blown away about it because concepts are so important. They are, they are. Speaking of concepts, I would love to know kind of like a, a visual of your of your overall like dreams in life um not that they have to be like conceptualized but you know what what do you see with your artistry where do you see it taking you and and yeah oh wow yeah. <laughs> i've been thinking about this question a lot honestly oh, ignore I always... my cat if you can hear him sorry oh i love cats <laughs> i used to not like cats but now i love cats what what's his name or her name my cat his name is tang and he is suddenly cranky because he just woke up get out of here get out of here that he, is he talks a lot <laughs> he's oh. he's a foster fail and just an orange ball of um fun so i love i love all animals so cute um when i think about myself with artistry it's so interesting because I see myself in so many, like when I envision myself, I can see it going down so many roads. I feel like, like sometimes I envision myself, like honestly being like a publicist, like a full-time publicist and working with like huge artists. And then other times I like envision myself, like being like a huge, like headliner at a festival or something, or, or being a songwriter. I feel like I have such a hard time. It's kind of stressful because I have such a hard time. Like you totally. Yeah, can. that's like that's the thing. I'm like sometimes I'm like, do I have to pick one? Like, no, dude, like no, like, do it like, all. Just lay it all out. It, like, what do what I comes do first? it all? Um, I think definitely making music. I I think I I envision that a lot. Like that kind of being like my full time thing. Yeah. Like that's that's what I've definitely thought. I think everybody, if you're a musician, I think everyone 
wants mm-hmm. to be like a full-time musician because that's just like a dream. That's a dream. Yeah. That's 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 such a dream to just be able to financially do that, you know? Oh, I'm and, smiling um, so big at the thought. Even just the thought of you being a full-time artist. Like that is so exciting. It's just so exciting to think about. It, it, I would love it. Like that would be that's like such a dream for me. That's it. That's it, isn't it? And that's that's yeah. what music can do. So Zoe, wrapping this up, um, I can't wait just to to keep following you, but I would love to know what your gold moment in life is. And I describe that as like a holy shit, I can't believe this is my life moment. Man, um, I would say going to outside lands. Oh, last week? Yeah, and I went yes. last year. Oh, because, last year too. Yeah, growing up, I went to so many festivals. Um, and I went to festivals being like a like a festival goer. Okay. And that's different. Yeah. Like like watching and like being in those tight crowds and like like as a young kid and I was like, wow, I hate this. I hate festivals. But then being on the other side of it and like like looking, it's it's almost nostalgic because I'm like, I remember when I was so young and I used to not think for a while, I was like, I'm not gonna make it to the music industry. I'm not gonna be able to be the people on the inside who get to work with artists or do these things. So when I went to the festival, especially this year, I kind of was just like, wow, like I did all the things that I said that I wasn't going to be able to do. And now I'm here at this festival, like on the other side of like the, because we were, we were doing the press, we were working the photo pit. So I was like on the other side and like watching all these kids. And I was like, I used to be this kid who just watch all the people in the position I am right now and think that I can never be there and think that I can never get there. Think that like, there is just like this small possibility. I would never like make it. Oh, I love it. I love it. Standing there. I was like, wow. Like if my 16 year old self, my high school year, like my high school self could just like see that I did it. Like Mm -hmm. I always wish that I could go back in time and just be like, look, like, all of that self-doubt is like, it's not true. And I think that's really hard. Like, I, I feel like for anyone that, you know, is trying to make it into the music industry or enter in, like any industry that you're trying to get in, I think it's really important to know that like, you can do it. Yes. You can, you do, can it. do it. Like, anything, like literally you can, anything. You can, you can do, do anything. anything that you put your mind to. And that was kind of like my aha moment. Cause I was like, I would wake up every day and I'd be like, wow, like, this is stuff that I used to just literally mm, I love not think was real or like attainable. And now I'm doing it and like, it's only going to get better. And that's the beautiful thing when you're that's in a right. position, it's yeah. only when you make it, like, even if you make it a little bit to a position, mm-hmm. it's only going to get better. It's only going to open up. You're only going to meet more people. You're only going to build more relationships. You're going to have more opportunity. And I think that was my aha moment of me being like, this is only just the beginning. You know? And it is. It absolutely is. I think there's something to be said about the way that being on the other side of the barrier or the barricade for the first time feels like. And then looking back into that audience being like, whoa, 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 I am on the other side. You know, w- whether in the photo pit or you're um, backstage or you're on stage, being on the other side of the barrier, the non-festival goer. But of course, yeah. still completely understanding both perspectives like yeah. that I just 
Yes, that is I was a still fangirling, you know, like even of course, even though I wasn't of in the course. crowd, I was still watching these artists and being like, oh my god. Maybe like, even more, like when you're that close, also it's like, oh yeah. wow, I'm really doing it. Yeah, for sure. I was definitely like, wow, I'm really close right now, and like my personal space isn't being invaded. Um, so you have like mm-hmm. more concentration. You haven't been sitting there for five hours for that one like small tiny spot. Yeah, you're not dehydrated, you know. Like, Benefits just... of being in the music industry for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we're yeah. talking about right now. <laughs> the other side of the barricade. Well, damn, Zoe, thank you. Thank you for all of this. Thank you for your aha gold moment. Thank you for talking about your dad, for for paper, for hearing about your EP, your your music, like the bike rides. God, I just, this is such a great, and heartfelt conversation. And I just, I can't imagine, I cannot imagine, like I actually cannot imagine how far you're going to go because, because of how real your passion is. Thank you so much. I'm like so excited that you had me. I'm also like Yay. super nervous because I'm just like, no. oh man, I've never done an interview before. I Yay. was so nervous. Oh, that I makes was talking me so to my excited. And I was like, yo, my stomach is really in a knot <laughs> That's right me now. Normally. I've, I've sat on so many interviews and I'm like, wow. You'd and now great. I'm like doing one and I'm like, wow, I'm on the other side. Yep. And I'm like, yes, you are. And you will be like forever. Yeah, forever. Wow. You deserve this. I'm that makes me just over here smile like so big. Yeah, because, you're my first interview. Yay. Yay. Yes. Because I almost didn't reach out to you because I, I didn't want to be like. I just I don't know. I think that since I like I said, I still have an email and I'm like 99.9% sure to you from like two years ago. And and it was just like an email I wanted to keep and not respond to until I had all the information needed. <laughs> but I was like, wait a second. I want to know someone from Grandstand. And immediately you were the first name that popped into my mind. And then here we are. And everything you have to say is just, like I said, I'm just, I've been, my cheeks hurt. Like I'm smiling so big because you're just so real. And and I know that my audience is, is going to love this and love you and um, just constantly please let me know how I can promote you and whatever music you have come out um you know let us let me know how I can help publicize that and I am just I'm so there I'm so like like, I'm so excited for you you can reach out to me anytime don't be intimidated right now like literally right now (laughs) yeah don't be intimidated like you can reach out and email I'm sorry if I take a little bit my email can get a little hectic depending Mm -hmm. on the day but I will get back to you if you have any questions or if you have like anything you want to talk about you can always like just hit me up on email um honestly yeah so is it so is it okay if our if our listeners right now also reach out to you about about artistry yeah for sure yeah I'm always down to talk about music stuff and help people because I know how difficult it can be for trying to figure it out you know what I Mm -hmm. mean trying to understand the next step and you, like it, how do you do that you don't even you yeah just and a lot of people can just be sometimes just like kind of vague I'm like you can't be vague you gotta you gotta give them some type of you know you gotta show them a little bit of the yeah. path like even though they have to walk it like you gotta you gotta show them the way sometimes you so, get out what you put in yeah and, and I think it's really important to do that so firm I'd be believer honored. Firm believer. Okay. Well, I am adding you right now on everything. And um, whoever's listening, we're going to go ahead and add this part too. Whoever's listening might as well just go ahead and follow Zoe forever and always. Um, Zoe, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter and 
TikTok. My Instagram is underscore, and my Instagram and Twitter is underscore Zosa, Z-O-S-A, and then underscore. It is uh, based on Chief Keith's Sosa, if you know that song. Thanks for listening to another episode of Women and Music. Be sure to follow Zoe at underscore Z-O-S-A underscore. And while you're at it, please rate, review, and subscribe to Women and Music. Again, I'm your host, Alexa Ace. You can find me at Alexa A. Ace on Instagram and Goldhand Girls at Goldhand Girls. Your support means so much to us. Here's to Zoe and here's to Women and Music. See you next week.